Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly... Uh, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. But we are not experts. We are just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? You know, as we were saying that, I kind of felt like newscasters anchoring the nightly news. <laughs> Be fun to read the opening in a very serious totally. voice. Just food for thought. All right. Noted. Well, friends, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to you. And welcome to you. How have you been? You know, Kate, I have been pretty darn good. I'm not going to lie. Don't lie. Um, My nausea seems to be completely gone. Thank God. I'm off diclegis. That's the anti-nausea medicine. That is the anti-nausea medicine. Um... I wouldn't say I've been sleeping great, but I've been sleeping okay. Right. Um, I've been going back to Broadway dance class. This is a big deal. When was the last time you had done it? It was, it was, I think like late August, because here's what happened. I went 
I, I knew I found out I was pregnant. I went to Broadway dance class a couple times and then I had some spotting and my doctor was like, you need to take it easy. And I was like, okay. And then like a week later I started getting sick. So I haven't gone for a really long time. Now did the class burst into dance when you walked into the room? Kate, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not in the inner circle. Okay. okay? You're rotating. Um, but I did get a big hug from the instructor. Who's a delight. Joseph. I mean, I don't know him, but oh, he's such a delight. So it felt really good to be back. Also what something that helped was, um, the, routine that we did on the first day I was back was one that we had done a few months ago. So I was like somewhat familiar with it. Um, yes. Did you feel, um, different dancing with your new form? Like, could you, did it, does it feel, does your body feel a little bit different moving or did it feel exactly? My body doesn't feel that different yet in that regard. Cause I'm not, I'm not huge yet. I'm just sort of lumpy. (laughs) Okay. You know, it's like I've just had a few too many burritos. Mm. Mm. A burrito. Go for a burrito. Sounds good, doesn't it? Um, Also, I bought the 567 Broadway DVD. So you can dance. So I will be dancing in my house as soon as that thing arrives. So that's been great. Um, That might also be a good like dipping your toe back after you have your child. Totally. When you might be really busy or needing to stay home with a newborn. Yeah. Just do a little dancing. Just pop in that DVD and get to dancing. (laughs) Put on my dancing shoes, which are my sneakers. (laughs) And the nursing bra. Oh go to town. That sounds great. Mm. Um, what else has been going on? Oh, my husband asked me if instead of giving gifts to each other this holiday season, we could paint and do a Christmas purge. Um, and I said, what have you done? Who is this? And what have you done with my husband? Forever 35. <laughs> that sounds like something we would be into. I know. I was like, you're like speaking my language a little too much. Like what? Like I was, I was like, what is happening? Did he say this while like sheet masking and putting oil all over his face? He was in a bath. <laughs> um, no, he texted it to me and I was wow. like, huh? And I was like, I mean, even if part of his motivation for doing this is that he doesn't have time or motivation to go Christmas shopping. I don't care. No, it also like lets me off the hook. And doing a purge is like my dream what a present i mean that sounds great so i'm really excited about that um i also i've been influenced by there have been several threads in the facebook group and we've talked about this on the podcast too about christmas traditions especially when you know you don't have kids or you don't have a partner or or something like that and in the facebook group someone said that they always make cinnamon rolls on christmas Sounds so tasty and i was like that's perfect. So I, I texted my husband because we never see each other in person anymore. You're both very busy. Um, and I was like, let's make cinnamon rolls on Christmas. And he was like, sure. So I think that that could be a fun thing that we do. I also like someone in the Facebook group also said that if you do something twice, it's a tradition. I, I love this advice. Try something out. We've talked a lot about like establishing holiday traditions on the show in the past month or so. And like, yes, I agree. Try stuff out. And if you do it again, 
then it's a tradition. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, who cares? Yeah. So I'm into that. I am too. Um, I've been lighting Hanukkah candles. Love that. As have you. I have too. (laughs) You can see the menorah behind you. It's very cute. Thank you. Uh, My children went to a Jewish preschool, so they still like to light the Hanukkah candles. I love that. Yeah. Um, Also, my husband and I had a good conversation about money. Which is a, that's a huge gift. Which. What a present. Like never happens. It started because I read an article on the cut about financial cheating. Mm. And I was like, oh. What's that mean? It basically means like when you, when you do stuff with money and you don't tell your partner. Oh. That's kind of the crux of Big it. Big things or anything. And then there, there, there are a lot of like permutations okay, of it. Read that. Um, Apparently, in this article, one person went so far as to declare bankruptcy without telling their spouse. Okay. So, you know, there's degrees of it. Sure. But, you know, I think hiding purchases from your spouse or not telling them um, or being in credit card debt and not telling them or, you know, just like stuff like that. Yeah. And I sent it to Matt. I don't think he financially cheats on me, but he definitely like... There's some gray areas, let's say. Um, and he read it and was like, well, according to this article, I'm not financially cheating. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But we had at one point had this rule that like if either one of us wanted to make a purchase of above a certain amount that we would tell each other first. Okay. And I was like, I'd like to bring that rule back. Um, and then I also said, maybe for the rest of the month we can not buy anything except necessities and that went over and he said okay he's in this interesting zone where like i mean he always i think he always like wants me to be happy and wants to make me happy but i think like he does respond well when i'm like hey this is a thing that really bothers me like, can we think about a way to fix it? Which is amazing because not everybody responds well to that kind of like direct communication. No. I don't think I would. I mean, I think it's maybe taken us a little while to get here. Sure. But yeah, his response, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. But his response was immediate. Like, and he responded immediately and was like, yeah. And then we talked about it later in person when we saw each other for the you know, 45 minutes a day that we see each other. Um, and I was just like, yeah, like this is a thing that makes me feel like unmoored. If I find out after the fact that you've bought something expensive, like a guitar. Yeah. I think communicating on that front is really helpful. Then you at least feel like you are involved. It doesn't feel like a big shock. Totally. And I, and I was like, I don't want to like veto your purchases but I just want to be aware. Sure. And I also think it helps to like take a beat when you're thinking about buying something and say, okay, I need to text Dory about this. Like, is this something I really want? You know? Mm-hmm. And he admitted that it had already helped because he was thinking about buying an amp. <laughs> Does he need another amp? <laughs> no. But he was like, but and I was like, oh, I have text story. And then he just decided not to buy it. And I was like, yes. Oh, my gosh. Where are you going to put an amp? Thank you, Kate. 
anyway. you're gonna come over and just chime in i'll just hide in a corner of your house and yeah then just pipe up that would be amazing where's that amp gonna go <laughs> matt anyway what's been going on with you well dory uh, about a week ago i posed a question to the forever 35 facebook group i popped in I you don't, don't always pop in no i tend to avoid almost all facebook interaction and and i'm not on twitter anymore I, i've kind of tried to get myself although instagram i'm just living my life really big over on instagram i'm into it um but i have i've had to kind of kind of cut down on social media for my own mental health but i have been having back pain mm. and i knew there was one place i could go for help <laughs> and boy did the facebook group deliver i mean i think i saw your post when it had been up for like 20 minutes and there were like a hundred comments it was really already amazing <laughs> and, and you know a lot of the suggestions were repetitive because there are some things that really work for a lot of people which was just nice to see like oh wow look a lot of people use acupuncture for their back pain mm. um because i i love acupuncture but i had never even thought about that as a choice to help with my back so um i received hundreds of comments with really con concrete helpful advice I then, speaking of purchasing things, went a little nuts. Okay. Um, I would categorize these as necessities, though. I, f I felt, I mean, my, my husband is like, what are all these things? <laughs> because I bought a full-size body pillow. Uh-huh. I bought a bolster for my legs for when I sleep on Ooh. my back. I bought a spunk um, pressure, acupressure mat that Ooh. someone in the group said Jackie Johnson had recommended oh. over on Match Butte. Okay. And it turns out Jackie and I um, have the same acupuncturist. So Whoa. yeah, who, which I also started going to acupuncture. So I asked my acupuncturist about the sp spunk match because I said Jackie had recommended it anyway. And that's supposed to kind of help um, just bring blood to the area. So I've gone to acupuncture. I've gotten cupping. Whoa. I've done cupping for the first time. Okay. A couple times. I got a neuromuscular massage. Um, I... I take Pilates, which was a big suggestion. I do go to Pilates, but I'm just trying to up it a little bit more. I've been using a heating pad. I did an Epsom salt bath. I'm trying to be more regular with that. Um, I bought a pinky ball, which is like a Pilates ball that I've been rolling around on. I bought a new foam roller. A lot of how is all this stuff going? It's working. Um, and and listeners also suggested number one, like go to the doctor. Yeah, you know, and and I think I have an understanding of what my back pain is. You know, it's not like a slipped disc. I think it's my SI. Um, What's SI? I think it's like, it's, it's basically kind of part of my hip. I'm going to, I'm going to say this and it's going to be wrong. And like a physical therapist is going to write us <laughs> and be like, um, no, <laughs> but it's my lower, my lower back on the left side and my left hip are just kind of really tight. And also I've been stretching more, mm. just really been helping. And I'm taking it easy at my boot camp. I'm not I'm not going crazy because I know I have injured myself exercising in the past and I don't want to repeat. And my boot camp leader is a really wonderful trainer who welcomes modifications. So thank you listeners. I'm working on, um, working on my back. That's great. Yeah. It's, you know, it hurts, but I definitely, I felt like I was like, Oh, I have a, an, you know, this incredible group of knowledgeable people, who have really great thoughts and feedback and advice. So thank you, members of the Forever 35 Facebook group who yeah. came to my rescue. That's amazing. Um, and do I also wanted to mention that after our gift guide episode, yeah. we received a couple of emails from teachers. Yes. Who thankfully chimed in with what they think other teachers would like. 
And their advice was no Starbucks gift cards. Yeah, that was so interesting. It was, we heard from apologize. different teachers yeah. and they all said the same thing. I'm sorry. And I want to apologize to my kids' teachers. Well, I don't I'm think, I mean, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I really was so grateful these teachers wrote in. So thank you, teachers. I have to say, like, I value my children's teachers so much. I only want to do things that will be helpful to them and get them things that they will really use. So, um, one person said, what we'd love is something that expresses gratitude for us as individuals. So their suggestion was like, if you know that the teacher loves makeup, get them a Sephora gift card. If you know they, you know, like new shoes or need some new shoes, get something, a Nordstrom gift card, let's say. And then another teacher recommended personalized gifts. They said that they like candles, lotion, or Amex Visa MasterCard gift cards, which you can use anywhere, or like a grocery store gift card, um, like maybe Whole Foods or maybe Target, mm-hmm. something like that. And then this teacher also said, if families do not have the means to purchase anything, we also really love homemade cards, homemade snacks, or a simple holiday email is perfect, which is great. Yeah. And so these uh, emails from these teachers inspired me to get a more personalized gift this year. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So hopefully my... The two teachers at uh, our elementary school. I hope it's okay, but I'm excited to. I actually felt it was really fun. It, it was yeah. they're more personalized, and I'm excited to give to give them to them. And I think my kids will be excited. Oh, how fun! So thank you for that, listeners. That was really really helpful feedback. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So other than that, I'm just gearing up for uh, my daughter's birthday, and I'm going to be crafting Harry Potter wands until the big day. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I did show you my the beginning stages of the Harry Potter one. And they look great. I hate crafting, but something about the fact that I was able to do this, all I did was glue a gem onto a chopstick. Where did you get the idea? I Googled DIY Harry Potter wand Ooh, crafts. Smart. And I watched a 12-minute video, mm-hmm. and they made it look manageable. And then I tried it with a glue gun that I have, and it was okay. So we're gonna they're going to paint the wands. That's so fun. You know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Oh, thank you. I can't wait for the... I love my daughter, but birthday parties stress me out. I hear like, you. For me, for kids, for my husband, anytime I have to throw a party, I I'm, have anxiety about it. So, hmm. almost done. Yeah. On that note... Yeah, let's take a uh, short break. Take a break. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. 
The superpower short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite honey love piece. Let me, let me just tell you why. Yeah. Get into it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just (laughs) going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank (laughs) you. Once you, you, once you start wearing honey love, you're just like, no, not going back. You see how it could be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires. It's like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, This is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be Redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say 
goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. So Kate, Today, we wanted to talk about winter clothing wants versus needs, kind of in honor of our guest. Yeah. And also in honor of the fact that we want things that we <laughs> might not need. We're human. <laughs> uh, yeah. Clothes. Clothes and A things. Consumption. Consumption. A conundrum. A consumption conundrum. Kind of, you know, consumption conundrum. That's the title of this episode. Uh, we just nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, I, I have been feeling a consumption conundrum. You're wearing a lovely fleece shawl. Well, I will tell you, I ha- this is from Patagonia, which I've a company I've mentioned before. I think I've mentioned that I worked for them many years ago, and I'm still very loyal to them. They're a fantastic company. And they have a program called Worn Wear, where they will sell used Patagonia clothes. So I purchased this. It's I think it's like a cloak. It's mm. a shawl or a cloak. Mm-hmm, they don't make it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of had my eye on it for years and always wanted it. And I found it on their worn wear site. I was looking all over like eBay and looking on Poshmark and Patagonia had one for sale. It's used, but it's in great condition. Yeah. And so so that kind of helped my conundrum just knowing I wasn't buying something new. But I still am basically about a year ago I purged my closet I donated a bunch of stuff I really stripped down what I owned and it felt great and then since then I've just built it back up Mm. and that doesn't feel good and so I'm kind of examining like what like when I go to buy something what's what's going on with me emotionally Mm. 
Like, mm-hmm. do I really need it? For, for Does your example. shopping mostly happen online? Mm-hmm. Okay. And part of that is because well, I'm tall and I wear, so I need tall right. size clothes, which is never available in yep. a store. And I also am a size 11 shoe, which is hard to find in stores. <laughs> um, but like, for example, I bought, I was, sometimes I'm motivated just by like, it's a sale. So this makes sense when it really, then I'm like, I didn't really need this or want this. Yeah. Like I just did that. Yeah. I just bought these sneakers that were not the ones I'm wearing, oh. but, um, these $20 sneakers because J crew was having like a black Friday sale. And then I got the sneakers and I was like, I only was motivated because they like the, tw- the fact that I just saw $20 made me buy them. Yeah. I'm returning them. Yeah. They're fine, but they, they're not as comfortable as I'd hoped. Right. So I've just been kind of like thinking, thinking about how I spend mm-hmm. and, um, what I want versus like what I actually actually really need. And then like, why am I motivated to buy things? Yeah, know, that's where I am. I, this cloak that I bought, I have been wearing every day. It's kind of the perfect Los Angeles winter wear. It is. It's been really great. So that has been, you'll have to post a picture of it. I will. I will friends. Um, that's been a, a, a logical purchase. Yes. But then I make a lot of illogical purchases. But anyway, we're talking about winter clothes. So this shawl does kind of check off a box. Yeah. I mean, it's a little weird for us to be talking about winter clothes because we live in L.A. Yeah. I mean, hell, this is LOL. And the coldest it gets here is like at night. Sometimes it gets into the upper 40s. I kind of can get into the 30s. Not down here. Maybe in the valley. Maybe where I am over. Yeah. Over the, the hill. Over the hill. <laughs> Yeah, but it still is not. It's not. It's not winter. No, per like we se. know many of you are really dealing with actual cold. Yeah. So, weather. you know, I'm. This is like the first winter that I'm. I don't think I'm going back to the East Coast at all. Me neither. Um, but historically, I have at least a couple times in the winter. And last year I realized I needed a new winter coat because the winter coat I had been wearing was one I had purchased when I still lived in New York. So it was from like 2012. So it was like five years old last year, which, you know, if I still lived in New York, it would have been threadbare at that point. Mm. But because I live here, I don't, I, I hadn't really worn it that much. So what does a winter coat mean to you? Are you talking like a full head to toe puffer or do you mean no, like I'm talking- a cute wool pea coat? I'm talking like more cute wool pea coat okay. type. Um, but I, and I had like a toggle coat that was really cute. Love a toggle coat. Yeah. But it had gotten kind of threadbare actually and like looked worn and it was a little tight. And I was like, you know what? I need a new coat. I'm going to get a new coat this year. And so I started really looking around. I found one on sale after Christmas at Mansur Gabriel. I was like, ooh, this is going to be the coat I buy. And I ordered it. And I, I'm i glad I double checked that it was returnable because I got it and it was so ugly. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was shocked. Like it was, it was supposed to be oversized, but it was oversized in a way that was like insane. Um, <laughs> like I, I really looked like a clown, which was not a look I was going for. Not right now. Um, so I returned it. And then I was looking on the real reel. And I found a great coat on there that was like not expensive. It's a thick wool coat. I've worn it a bunch of times. And you use a thick wool coat here in California. Occasionally, like at night when it gets really mm-hmm. cold. I, I need to invest in a thick wool. I no longer have like a really heavy kind of puffer coat. What I have is a coat I bought um, before we went on our honeymoon because we were going to Iceland and London in October. 
And Iceland in October is like by LA standards is like pretty chilly by Iceland standards. It's not that cold, but it was like in the forties and like a little rainy. Um, and I thought London would be rainy. So I bought this coat that was kind of, it's kind of thin, but it's waterproof. And then it has a, like a shearling lining, not real shearling, but like, you know, like a fuzzy lining. Sure. Um, and it was great for the trip. It had a hood. It was long. I wear I wear it here and it's great. So, you know, in terms of like coats, I don't really feel compelled to buy any more coats. And I was just going to say when you brought up sales, I think I've talked about this before, but I really feel like sales can be a trap. I think they are. And I, I, I have shifted my mindset about sales to only buy stuff on sale that I've already had my eye on. Mm. No more like not perusing the sale, not perusing the sale, you know, around black Friday. Like I got some, I got some emails from some, you know, small brands that I really like that never go on sale that were like 20% off. And I did look and I was like, you know what? None of this stuff is stuff that I've been coveting. Would I, would I wear it a few times? Probably, probably, but I'm not like in love with anything. Whereas I think like a year or two ago, I would have been like, well, I better buy this jumpsuit. That's how I still am. I still have that, that panic feeling. Yeah. So it's hard to break that feeling. But one of the things that has helped me is making a Pinterest board of things that I want. One thing I've been, I've been, I need to do a ton more like thinking and reading on it. But one thing I have started to kind of think about is what companies do I want? To, like my money is an investment into a company. Yeah, totally. Like for example, Patagonia, a company I worked for, I know that they, you know, they treat their employees well. They have really wonderful benefits. They have childcare. They give back to, you know, they make, they donate a ton of money to environmental causes, including like 1% of all their earnings. So I, I feel like I'm investing money when I spend money there into a company that I know is like going out into the world and doing good things with the money mm-hmm. I give them. So that feels like money well spent. Right. I need to apply that ideally if I, because I also am in a place where I can apply that. Like this is, this is, it's a privilege to be able to do that. Right. Um, I want to do that more. I mean, I think that's also why buying secondhand appeals to me so much because that those are clothes that someone, if they weren't selling them, was probably going to throw away or donate to someone that, donate somewhere that was probably going to throw them away. And there's tons of reading you can do about, you know, donating your clothes and where they end up. Um, but, you know, again, that's why I like, I feel like if you, if there's fast fashion things you want, try to find them secondhand. Yeah. That's a good tip. You know, like I kind of feel like the, when I buy stuff new, I do try to buy stuff that is ethically made, sustainably sourced, etc. I don't succeed all the time, but I try. When I'm buying secondhand, I kind of feel like those rules go out the window because already by buying secondhand, I'm kind of already being more kind of environmentally conscious. Yeah. So just putting that out there. I'm, I agree. You know? Well, luckily, our guest today is an expert on this topic. Yeah, I'm so excited and a to total talk to her. inspiration. So let's take a quick break. Yeah, and then we will hear from her. 
Our guest today is Natalie Harris. Natalie, <laughs> welcome to Her 35. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We are thrilled you're here. I'm going to read a quick bio about you. Uh, Natalie Harris is the founder and designer behind the clothing line, The Tiny Closet, which she hand makes here in Los Angeles. Natalie began The Tiny Closet in 2011 as a style blog after losing her job led her to focus on cutting back on spending on clothes and streamlining her wardrobe. Her clothing line, which she started in 2016, is a seasonal capsule collection of apparel and is available on her website, thetinycloset.shop.com. And I'm obsessed with it and want <laughs> Thank you. all of it, <laughs> which is why we've asked you to come as a secret ploy to get clothes. Um, and we're thrilled that you're here. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming. Yeah. So Natalie, as, as mentioned, I love the clothes, which you share on Instagram. Thank you. Um, but I would love to kind of know your origin story, how you began blogging and thinking about fashion. And if that was always your goal to begin designing your own clothes or, or if it's something that kind of happened organically as you began to explore this idea of paring down your wardrobe. Yeah. Um, the second one, actually, it, it's, I fell into it ass backward, <laughs> but <laughs> the best um, way into my closet. Uh, yeah. So it happened organically. Um, as far as the, like starting the blog, um, I, yeah, I got laid off. A very good paying job uh, laid me off. And I had had some bad habits with shopping. I mean, I shopped probably every day. And I don't even know how someone could do that now. But it was a reality for me. And um, so I would just go out after work. I lived in downtown. I worked in downtown. So walking to my house, I was always th seeing clothes, the new things in the, in the stores. And it got to be to the point where I would go into a store and they had held things for me when Whoa. they got new stuff in. VIP customer. <laughs> I've never heard of a store doing that. That's it was genuinely I mean, impressive. Anthropology, um, you know, free people, Nordstrom, J crew. Uh, it was just ridiculous. But, um, yeah, so I got laid off and I realized I didn't have a savings at all and I was in debt. So I thought, okay, well, I can't go shopping. It's, I mean, that's a no-go at all, absolutely out of the question. And I had to start paying off my debt. I was dating a guy at the time and I didn't want to look, you know, like a mess, ridiculous with debt and not a job. So, um, so I just concentrating on, I concentrated on paying it off and dealing with the things that I had in my closet. And uh, I had a lot uh, of things in my closet. I, I had maybe over 100 pairs of shoes. Wow. Um, wow. I mean, I had a whole section of my closet dedicated to just cardigans. <laughs> that I didn't even wear. Some of them had price tags on them. So I basically just wore everything in my closet for an entire year. Um, and then after that, I didn't really have an interest in shopping. Um, and I still had debt to pay off. And I was kind of like in that mode of like, oh, cool. I ran a mile. I'm going to run two miles. I'm going to run three miles. So um, I decided, okay, let's, let's just wear one black dress for six months. And so I just started getting really creative with personal style, not concentrating on the clothes, but more on the person wearing the clothes. I mean, it really got, it really got deep yeah, <laughs> and like kind of philosophical and finding myself, finding my personal style. I realized that like 75% of my closet 
um, I didn't like. I didn't mm. like any of it. It didn't look very good on me. I just realized salespeople were telling me that it looked good. So I was like, okay, I'm going to wear it. And then I would see other people wearing it. So it was like the thing to wear. So I really had no identity when it came to clothing and um, and what I liked and what I wanted to to um, exude personal style-wise. So long story short, it was just like a really long journey of not thinking about clothes and more thinking about what I could do with these clothes, with my creativity and my personal style. And, um, the less you have, it's just, it gets more creative. So what did you do with the clothes you didn't want anymore? Uh, the clothes I didn't want, I gave to a lot of friends. Um, and then I also donated them. Um, I have to say this is so bad because I talk about sustainable clothing and consumerism, but I, <laughs> I burned some of them wow. Wow. Like, like kind of a, a spiritual thing. Like I don't want these anymore. And I, and I never did that again, but <laughs> what yeah. a release though. Yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. And, um, it was kind of a promise to myself, like, no, I, I'm not going to do this again. This really got me in a rut and, um, and it also helped me find a job that I liked because when I was finding out what I liked clothing wise, I was also going places I wanted to go and being around people I wanted to be with. It was really interesting kind of phasing stuff out of your closet and also phasing stuff out of your life. Mm -hmm. So what field had you been working in when you got laid off? Sales. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, and, and I, I realized that uh, I'm really not good at sales. I'm more good at customer service. Or I shouldn't say that. I, I excel at customer service. It's not a natural thing for me to sell to someone. Um, especially if I'm kind of getting out of that phase of buying and, and having people buy and like encouraging people to mm. buy. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's in every aspect of my life, I be, I just minimized things and got more focused. How, how, how do you sustain that? Because I think what happens, I know from my own personal experience, I'll purge and I'll be like, I'm, I'm going to wear these 10 things. And then over the year I accumulate again. Mm -hmm. So it seems like it really is a, a change that's coming from the inside, like an actual shift in yeah. your, your relationship with yourself, really. Sure. I, I think that the change has to really be of value. I think a lot of people, um, they tie trends to purging and minimalism and they're mistaking the aesthetic and the kind of like that, those fun challenges to, a lifestyle and it doesn't have mm. to be that way. It's kind of like, it's like weight loss. Um, you know, every, every weight loss program works, but does it work for you? And, and, and is the change, you know, valuable to you has something inside of you felt like, okay, no, this is, this is how I want to operate now. So for me to stick to it, it was mainly freedom and the feeling of being unburdened. Um, I really just loved that feeling. Uh, a cluttered closet is kind of like, I don't know, a symbol of a cluttered mind, maybe indecision, not knowing what you like, not knowing what you want. And I really didn't want to have that in my life anymore. So that's what kept the clutter out. I mean, granted, when I started making money again, I really did want 
some things that I didn't need. Like I got a a hat that was like probably a yard long like, <laughs> over my head. And, um, and I bought it and then I talked about it because I was like, okay, no, I'm going to be real with this. I I bought a hat that I don't need and I think it, I, I called it frivolity or something. Um, you know, it was just a frivolous purchase and I knew I wasn't going to wear it too long, but I was aware of it. And just being aware of what you're doing is actually very freeing. Um, so you can still kind of dabble in, in um, you know, n- not mindless consu- consumerism, but in that kind of like... Uh, consumerism of I really like this right now and I really want it so I'm going to buy it and that's okay Um, and kind of knowing what you're going to do with it later Mm -hmm. that's helpful why you want it Um, so just mindful purchases it doesn't mean that you never purchase anything it's really a personal thing so and and did it result in you eventually paying off your debt and kind of having clarity with your finances as well yes Yes, it. Um, I paid off my debt, and I bought an entire closet. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I didn't buy a wardrobe. But um, after that, I thought I'm going to only buy things that um, that really, really, really mattered to me. So if it's a three hundred dollar pair of shoes, so be it. I love it. I'm going to wear them, um, and they matter to me. And if it's a two dollar hat, same same thing. So after that, I mean, I kind of evolved into more sustainable purchases, purchases that would last me longer, um, purchases that were well, um, well made um, from factories that I kind of did some research about. I stopped buying fast fashion uh, because it was, it's just kind of the leading, um, the leading cause of a lot of pollution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, fashion is just horrible. There's there's no uh, there's no unions or anything. I mean, no one has representation. So uh, I didn't want to be a part of that. So th- I just kind of pared down things that just didn't make any sense to me that I didn't want to be uh, contributing to. So when did the tiny closet kind of evolve? Oops, sorry. <laughs> when and how did the tiny closet kind of evolve out of there? Um, so I realized that I had very expensive taste. <laughs> And I get that. Yeah. So uh, and and after I decided that I wouldn't buy from fast fashion, um, I didn't really like anything that were in the stores and I didn't want to pay three hundred dollars for a T-shirt. I think that that's absolutely ridiculous and it doesn't need to be that way. And now that I'm actually in the retail industry or in the fashion industry, I know it's totally ridiculous. I mean, it truly oh. is ridiculous. So it's just all markup. You're paying someone's rent. When you're buying a $300 t-shirt, you're paying someone's rent. So that's what that is. And if you're okay with that, that's fine. But yeah, I, I just couldn't do it and I didn't want to do it. So I started sewing my own clothes. And um, Was that something you already knew how to do? I did, yeah. I, not to the point of what I'm doing now where I'm like sewing like 60 dresses a month. But um, I, I just started sewing like small things, like a skirt here or a top or a dress and then um I started giving them away because I was making too much and that actually started a whole nother category of like over sewing so now I had a huge closet of all the stuff that I'd sewn which is supposed to you know make a lot of um be of a lot of value but it was more like no I'm being a 
craftsperson and I'm kind of, oh, I want to sew this, so I will. And I'll only wear it three times or four times. Oh, I want to sew this, so I will. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so then it became another kind of issue of now I've got more clutter, and but I really don't want to give these away or donate them because I made them. And uh, so I gave them to my friends and then more people uh, would ask me to make them stuff. And so I would. And I got a job at a restaurant and I would wear all my stuff at the restaurant and customers like diners at the restaurant would ask me where I got it. And then they would give me their number and I would make them things. Wow! So that's how it started. I literally had no interest or desire to have a clothing line. Um, but it, people were just asking me to do it. So, And then what, what made you kind of take the next step to formalize it? Um, there was no formalizing. I thought to myself, okay, you have a blog. If you can get a thousand people on a mailing list for a clothing line, then open the clothing line. And I thought that's going to take forever. No one's really going to be that interested. People say they'll be interested, but who, you know, who's going to really subscribe? And I got over 2000 subscribers in like maybe a summer. And I thought, well, shit, I'm going to have to, <laughs> excuse me. Oh yeah. You can swear here. <laughs> I'm going to have to, uh, oh, I'm going to have to open the clothing line. And I really didn't want to. I thought, well, what am I going to do? And it was keeping me up at night. And finally, I just, I just decided to do it. I made, I kind of whipped up a website on Squarespace and, um, yay, Squarespace. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, and then I went for it. I, I made it out of thin air. I didn't have any money. I had like $50 and 10 yards of fabric. Wow. And, um, and yeah, I just, I just opened it. Cause I'm like, okay, fine. You want it? Fine. Here it is. And I sold out, which doesn't mean too much. Cause I had only 10 yards of fabric, but I sold out in a day and then I had to buy more fabric. And that's literally how it started. I was just buying fabric and making clothes, buying fabric, making clothes. It was very simple. And, um, and you're doing it all yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I could do this. I could make like, you know, like two garments a day, three garments a day. This is a great living. And it just, it just, I was <laughs> overblown with, uh, with people being interested in, um, in my pieces. And then I started kind of getting creative, like, oh, what am I going to get this season? What am I going to make this season? And, um, before I knew it, it was a full-blown business. And then I had to deal with all the legal stuff. And like people were coming in being like, okay, you've got to start managing the accounting star stuff. And it was, I, I didn't even know what I had gotten myself into. So, um, you literally fell ass backwards into the business. <laughs> exactly. There were some times where I would, um, and this is where I realized customer service was really huge for me because I think it's the best thing in the world uh, for a business to have. I just can't go back on anything that I say. So it got to the point where I was so busy that I'd be taking pieces that I had sewn for myself that I'd never worn that I, and I would ship them to customers because I didn't want them waiting or I had ran out of fabric and there was no other fabric to use. And I didn't want to call them and say, Hey, you bought this dress, but I don't, I don't have the fabric anymore. Wow. So I would literally be like, okay, fine. <laughs> Get <laughs> like, off the shirt off your back. Exactly. Wow. So yeah, and that's how it started. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
I don't even know. <laughs> but are you still, is that still how you're doing things? Are you still the sole creator of everything? Yeah. Do yeah. you have any employees? I do not. Wow. Um, well, you know, my husband would be like, oh, hey, I do <laughs> all your photos. I wouldn't think of him as an employee. He's a partner, definitely. And he does all my photos. Um, and just, yeah, I, I model the clothes. And I do have several other models that I work with. Um, but it's I'm still flying by the seat of my pants. So a lot of times I still do the modeling. And, and it's, yeah. <laughs> and how many new pieces like a season do you design I don't know um it depends on how much time I have it depends on how long I've thought about it it also depends on how much fabric I have in it because I only buy dead stock I don't I don't pay a mill or anything like that and I thought about it um because you definitely can plan better when Mm -hmm. you have a mill and you have a a schedule dead stock is just stuff that comes off of other stores that they're done with oh my gosh you guys you wouldn't believe it i mean thousands upon hundreds of thousands of fabric is just left after a season wow hundreds of thousands of yards of fabric i should say and uh and what usually happens to that fabric landfill so it's like I, it's like an, a kill shelter. It's like, oh, my God, these beautiful fabrics. What are you going to do with these fabrics? They're like, oh, they're going to go to a landfill after this. So it's like, you know, I, I buy um, as much as I can afford um, of really, really beautiful fabrics that you can't get anywhere else, literally, because that, that's all there is. Mm-hmm. And that's how my clothing line exists. So, And, and do you um, purposefully choose the prices on your on your pieces to be reasonably priced because that's what stood out to me is that I, it seems like and I might be wrong but nothing's over $200 yes yeah that's a that was definitely um, deliberate there was one dress that I put in the time and energy and I was like you know what this dress is amazing and you can wear it almost every season this is going to be $245 and when I release something it usually sells out in a day and it didn't sell out at all. I mean, it didn't, no one bought it really. So I put out another newsletter saying, um, hey guys, <laughs> do you like the dress? <laughs> it was more like, it was more like, um, I really believe that this dress is worth $245, but at the end of the day, I'm here for you, you know, and, and I love you guys. You guys put me in business and love my pieces. So I'm going to, um, take it down to 175, I think it was. And then it sold out. So oh, it was wow. like, okay, so that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And so I was kind of taking a hit cause it's like, well, I'm the designer and I, I designed this myself and I'm sewing this all myself and I'm doing it. I'm shipping it myself. But, um, so, so I did make some cuts with other things. So it's always kind of like a Tetris game of like, um, finding my value, knowing, knowing that value, being comfortable with what I'm receiving back, like my ROI and knowing that my customers are also very happy. Uh, so I make sure that nothing is, is really over 200 unless it's like a coat, unless it's like from Africa, which I do have a couple of like African coats. And it's like, okay, you guys, a a plane shipped this here to me. Right. (laughs) There is some, you do have to kind of make your investments back in order to be sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. 
And, and do you have advice for people, I guess, who first want to do what you did and whittle down their what's in their closet? Like, what is a what is a system to accomplish that? And then also people who are interested in beginning to explore sustainable fashion, but may not have a limitless budget like I do. Yeah, yeah, because I think that's one of the biggest hurdles when we when we've talked about sustainable fashion is that a lot of times it's really pricey and you want to invest in these things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the convenience of a Target or an Old Navy. Yes. You know, which I admittedly love both of those places for sure. clothes. It, it's yeah. very tempting and it's hard. You know, everybody's trying to save money and like you said, pay off debt. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's a long winded question. But I'm curious if you have have learned anything to offer yeah um i think that first of all um the reason why fast fashion places are 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 in business is because life is just um it's because life (laughs) it's it's like maternity and um oh i need a job oh i lost my job oh i'm going camping oh i'm going to paris and i spent all my money on paris but i need clothes for paris so um you know they're there for it's like hey we're here we're it's like a convenience store it's around the corner you go in and unlike a convenience store everything is actually cheaper uh, than an actual store so understanding why fast fashion is there can makes it easier to understand where you stand. So I think you just need to plan better. Um, there are things that happen life. Like, you know, you, you get, uh, a, that job that you always wanted, or you need a job and you get it that day and you need a white shirt all of a sudden. I, I understand that, but, um, it just forces me to plan more because when I find an urge to go to Zara or to go to H and M, um, it is because something is happening last minute, um, usually. Not because I can't afford um, something else. It's usually because it's last minute. And um, as far as, so I would say planning is is key, and that's hard. I mean, it's not a fun tip, but um, but it's it's real with with my experience. And then also. Um, you know, clothing that's handmade by the designer or uh, sustainable clothing, I think that just needs to evolve. Uh, There needs to be more businesses like mine. Um, Not that I'm tooting my own horn, but there just needs to be more businesses like mine. There needs to be smaller businesses. Uh, I would say large clothing companies have the hardest time Hmm. um, meeting their bottom line. Um, kind of skirting that okay well how how much is too much and and how cheap can we get this for so just smaller businesses more individual designers putting out clothing lines which there are so just a little bit more research um <clears throat> i'd also suggest etsy etsy is just like an endless well of amazing creatives that make clothing that is affordable uh so like food and, and, and all that, it's easier to go down the street to Jack in the Box than, you know, look online and see, oh, what new restaurants just opened that are really, really good with, you know, vegan or vegetarian options or nutritional, you know, options that are better for me. It takes time and, um, you know, planning and, and research. So I hate to say that I have some better, fun, more fun tips, <laughs> but as far as that goes, but it, ta- it does take work. I mean, that's the, that's what I've had a hard time realizing is it does take research and thoughtfulness and making mistakes and sure. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a process. It's not something 
one figures out immediately. I mean, you've been now doing this for almost 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and just kind of thinking through like the idiosyncrasies and like the the channel of of my thoughts why am i here why am why am i standing in front of these twenty dollar shoes or you know why am Mm -hmm. i at target just kind of wandering the aisles when i was here to get a filter for my air (laughs) like that target trap is man it is real it It is is so real (laughs) you know we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid forties, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, Okay. Which is visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at OneSkin.co. That's 15% off OneSkin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Can I read a quote that you wrote on your blog about self-care? Sure. That really resonated with me. You have a whole post called Self-Care for Dummies, and I'm not Mm going to read the entire excerpt that I pulled, but... um, And you're writing about some of the practices that you did, but what you've realized is this, the stuff that really makes a difference. And part of the reason I suppose I can call myself a minimalist is the real self-care, the hard stuff, congratulating, forgiving, listening, letting go, 
feeling. That's the real stuff. They're not events or things to own. They're everyday life changers. I mean, a face mask and a trip to a day spa can only take you so far. True. Yeah. And I'm just, I would love to know kind of how you've come to your own philosophy about self-care because we talk about all this stuff on the podcast a lot. And I think what we've learned in the year or so of doing this is like this, the masks are fun, but really it's like the hard self work. That is the true self care. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Um, I think stress just looks really bad on people. I would say women, I'm just, but I'll just say people stress looks bad on people. No, you know, no water, no eating, um, forced dieting, all of that stuff, working too hard, waiting, waiting for that right moment. Um, it's never going to come. So I would love it for it to be products. There's miracle products out there. They say they're going to, you know, do all these things, but it's really at the end of the day, it is, um, slowing down and making sure that you're doing what what you want to do and you're walking in your purpose, basically. Mm. Um, I think that that's the best feeling in the world. I noticed this because um, I was going online before I got to bed, before I would go to bed and I would just obsess, like online shot, online, online, just browsing. And one day I just asked myself, like, why are you doing this so much? I th- actually think my husband asked me, he's like, what are you looking for? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> oh gosh, what a question. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you looking for? Because I was pinning all these things and and I thought, I, I don't know. And then I thought, you know what? Like, okay, so this face mask has uh, you know, car- carotene or like collagen or this or that, but I can really just I can drink that stuff or I can eat it and it's so much better for me. And I started just thinking about all the things that I could do instead of buying something. So Mm -hmm. it was really coming from a consumer standpoint, like not buying. What could I do instead? So I joined a gym and I drank more water and it just got so more such uh, just simpler. And it was guilt free, too, because I always feel like if I'm putting something in my cart and I feel like a little tug of like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I don't know, should I? Or I pause, then it's like, no, get rid of it. Get it out of your cart, get away from the computer, stand up, do some stretches, do something, just get away from it. So yeah, that's where it's coming from. It's more the real stuff. And it also came from my mother who, um, she, I mean, it's it's just old school advice. Getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, um, exercising. It's old school that everybody's kind of like, oh, well, you know, but you should try this. This actually really works. And it's, you know, if you have to buy something to, to look better or feel better, I just don't believe in it. Natalie, where can our listeners find you and find your clothes? Ooh, okay. Um, well, I'm on Instagram mainly, um, under, uh, the tiny closet. That's my URL or that's my handle. And my shop is the tiny and that's pretty much it. Actually, I do have a Facebook page that I was kind of <laughs> um, forced to start, but I, I don't really know what to do with it. So Instagram and then my shop and then also the tiny closet is my blog where you'll find all my, you know, archived um, my journey to, to be where I am today. So 
Cool. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you, Natalie. Thank this you. is so fun. Awesome this to have awesome. you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Dory, last week you committed to making progress on a writing project. I did. Well, you didn't specify writing project. Oh, I didn't? I don't know. I can't remember. Well, it's a writing spoiler project, alert. everyone. Um, yeah. So I sent some stuff to my agent. Wee. She read it. Ooh. She liked it. Oh, my gosh. This all happened fast. She's she's quick. Um, and she asked me to write kind of a an introduction to the stuff I had sent her. Fantastic. Um, and I wrote it. And wow. she sent me some notes that I haven't looked at yet. But she was like, I have very minimal notes. And she wants to send it out in January. So you had an incredibly productive intention this week. I did. You really said it. And then you... I forgot it. No, just kidding. <laughs> you executed it. I did. I executed it. It finally felt like the time was right. This is some stuff that I've been working on on and off for over a year. Yeah. And there have been like months where I didn't look at anything. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm ready. So it feels good. Well done. Thanks. This week I committed to working on my sleep shit. How'd that go? Terrible. Oh no. Still. Here's a question I have for you. I don't think you do this. One thing I do and I'm kind of doing it in all aspects of my life is like, I get annoyed at my like best practices mm. and I rebel. Mm. I don't know if you do this, but like, interesting. I'm not washing my face at night right now. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, I haven't been doing my gratitude practice. All right. Although today I did look at the sky and I was like, mm, I'm grateful, but I haven't, I just, I've kind of been blowing off all my things that mm. I lean on to kind of keep my life. Hard. Yeah. And my sleep is, and my, I just, where is the self-sabotage coming from? Kate but, is it, but here's the deal. This is what I was thinking last night. I was kind of like, you know what? This is just where you're at. I'm not yeah. going to shame myself for it. Or make myself feel bad mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. just this past these weeks, I'm just rolling into bed at midnight. Okay. And I'm having a hard time. Like, that's just where I'm at. Okay. I don't know if it's self-sabotage yeah. or if it's just... I only said self-sabotage because mm -hmm. it sounded like you were upset about it. I was. And then I've kind of have come to a place where I'm like, this is just what I can do right now. That's fine. It doesn't mean it's lost forever. Yeah. Just, you know, life is cyclical. So I'm just... You know, last night I was in bed a little bit earlier than normal. I am reading a book on back pain. I did make myself read a couple oh, pages good. of my back book. And I'm just going to, you know, keep at it. Okay. Anyway, I'll tell you, I'll update you next What's week. What's your intention for next week? Well, it's kind of an immediate intention. Okay. I am uh, um, hosting some kids for yep. my daughter's birthday, a small group. My daughter is an introvert and doesn't like you know she's not a big group child she's yeah. a small group child so we're doing a very intimate thing and i have hosting anxiety mm. where i like fret that everybody's no one's having fun and everything is terrible and i do this with adults and now i'm starting to like project it onto children so i just gotta shut that down and just let go and have fun and enjoy myself and not worry about you know 
people pleasing children my like my like my like fear of disappointing adults has now manifested into children Mm. because that's who i'm around now Mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna try to like not be an up not be uptight not be anxious not be a stress ball just roll with it roll with it and you know whatever happens happens whatever happens happens yeah how about you well i am ready you know, I've passed the 20 week mark in my pregnancy. I know. It's such a big deal. It's a big deal. And like, I don't think I'll ever be able to like fully relax, yeah. but I'm ready to just like enjoy my pregnancy. I'm feeling good. Not nauseous. I'm not exhausted anymore because I'm off the freaking diclegis that makes you drowsy. Feel like myself. I'm ready to just like be like hell yeah i'm ready to party i'm ready to party with my fetus (laughs) the two of you are going out on the town yeah um and do you feel like the reason i'm i don't want to make assumptions but you aren't able to relax or haven't been able to relax is just because you went through so many challenges to get pregnant correct and also because there is the sensation that it could all change yes i went through so much to get here and I had such a crappy first trimester. Yeah. And in part because of the other podcasts that I do, I feel like I've heard every permutation of every horrible story sure. that has ever happened to anyone. You know, we're talking stillbirths. We're talking, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like all You've the scary, things. Yeah, hard things. And so even though I know that those the the possibility of those things happening is very very small they still happen yeah they do and so it's hard to get like completely out of those get those things get those completely out of my head but i'm trying not to let them like consume my thoughts and actually enjoy this experience yeah and just kind of like relax and enjoy it and embrace it I so that is that. my intention. I love it. Thank you. I mean, and that can really be an intention for the next week, but also the next 20 to 21 weeks. Or oh, less. totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, friends, we're here. We are here. We're at the end of this journey. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to call us and leave us a voicemail, our phone number is 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And you can join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcast. There's a thread the other day where someone was asking a question about um, working at a nonprofit. And someone said, come join us in Forever 35, like nonprofit workers. And they were like, wow, there really is a spinoff group for everything. And like, it's true. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. So come on over so shout out to the nonprofit <laughs> workers yeah. community uh and if you enjoy our show please leave us a review on apple Podcasts. tell a friend and if you really like us you know give us a shout out on social media and also all the products that we mention are always on our website forever35podcast.com and you can follow us on instagram at forever35podcast and on twitter at forever35pod Please don't forget that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Bye, everyone. 